Blog Talk Radio. Firstfamradio.com. Firstfamradio.com. Yeah, it was 2010. I needed about 2010. Had them coming in through the Colombians. My problem was double A. Girls wanted to fuck me in. I was living lovely then because of them Colombians. Do you know Benny Alvarez? Because of them Colombians. Papi. Yeah. Pablo got those. I just bring the nachos. Brought enough percent. He gon' throw a nigga five more. Eyes low from hydro. Cooking up a pie flow. Shit so pure. I got back an extra nine more. Time to hit the trap. Watch the paper stack. How fast I make it back. Watch how these haters act. Pulling up in the spurs. Truck full of herbs. Mommy said the drip they mucho. Caliente. I just slow 10 K. I don't care what she thinks, and I can move another sense. Just fast as she blinks. I got that Coca-Cola flipping like a Motorola. Add a little baking soda, now the game is over. Um, making deals like Sony and so so. Shit is real, only if you know ho. Me and Killer like Tony and Manolo. That sack come in, I hit homies. It's a go-go, homie, it's a go-go. Rolly cross the ocho, single, twinkle toes. I seen you get exposed, you niggas. Search sack. Ring them bros, still got wrinkles in your clothes, frontin' for these stickin' hoes, swagger, on murder, sixteens is woe, and the flow special like a single rose, know the path wasn't rosy that I seen with chose, but no song couldn't stop me with my thinking shows, seeing life different, each day's more meaningful, how can niggas get older, but they never seen me grow, Niggas never seen blow until they seen blow. Uh, do you know Benny? I got a guy in the cash, man. Got me drumming through this paper like the cash here. Trials and tribulations of these past years. Got a nigga off the meter if we patch it. I'm cooking up the play like with the cash is. Follow that white brick road, I got the mattress. I can tell you what damn bad is. P.O. in my room, 30K under my mattress. Blood blowing up the burnout. Butterflies making buys, Mr. Turnout. As soon as it land, call up the band, put the song out. First cup, first serve, you hand it from the bird's mouth. My amigos to sequel kilos up in Reno. They know it's real, whole fucking city on jalapeno. I'm just doing what the D-boys do. My niggas with me and they D-boys too. Trigger happy niggas and they P-noid too. Patch your nigga up, we don't need no glue. If I was riding on the hustle. Y'all niggas just love me, but if my whip matched it, yeah, y'all gonna slug me, huh? FirstFamRadio.com, man, it's chill, give me, man, we playing the hottest new joints in 2015, man, we are the industry, never. FirstFamRadio.com FirstFamRadio.com Can you tell me, who do it like me, all I really know is Ain't nobody out here like me. Oh, you be dying with your brand new day. It's okay, let's do it. Gotta tell me. I'm a drunk, so much. I'm a drunk, so much. Can you tell me? Oh, you do it like me. All I really know is ain't nobody out here like me.
it won't put up to hear me Just so you know who it is As nice as I give you the biz Don't even talk if you ain't talking real shit My only intent is just to get rich I spent days and nights, years and months Just trying to get my paper right See now I don't sleep at night I be in my thoughts thinking about the stage and lights See I know I'm gonna kill him See more fire, more fire years when I'm gonna give him in it Out the lane I keep switching, coming different That's likely if I'm another like me I'ma show you how to get it Don't listen, then that's up to you I'ma take another sip of my cup Now I'm ripping it up, never slipping And I seen you've been watching enough to know that You ain't not the same, nah Creating my own lane, want me to care But I just can't, nah Saying nigga just fake Have a seat, just chill, put your feet in recline See I finally realized this is too much time Doesn't have to come enough is when you lead in the blind I'm the dominant in the rough cause I'm one of a kind, goddamn. Life, well, well, at least one of them, you know what I mean, and just uh, 
Now I have them, you know, spending time with them, showing them how to, you know, the ways of being a better man, you know what I mean? So they won't grow up as, with the much struggle, struggles that I had, you know? Now, you said one of them. Um, I saw you had the Periscope. I see two two, two boys. Uh, or, or you had one with you, and then you had to um, fight for the, uh, the, the second son? Well, my uh, my son that's in a documentary, I have, you know, joint custody with his mom, so I get him on weekends, and, you know, I can see him whenever. You know, my oldest, my second oldest son, who is in, doc- who's in that video you saw earlier, he wasn't much in the documentary, but at the same time, I just got custody of him seven months ago, so it was just like pulling teeth trying to get him in my life, you know, him and me and his mom had went through some trials and tribulations at one point but we kind of weathered that storm now so you know i have custody of him now and you know i mean him is bonding like like no other you know and um and um so you for the brothers out there that, that aren't through that struggle um trying to you know gain custody of their, their kids and stuff um can you uh tell them tell some of tell them some of the experiences in that you know um, just for the ones that, you know, that, that's listening, that's probably going through that. I mean, I had talks with uh, brothers that had that situation. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, with me and my son, mom, you know, she, some of it, you know, when you have a vindictive mom at the time or a baby mother that okay. feels some type of way about certain things, they're they going to send you through the loop. So you just have to push through it. You know, I didn't have a legal system like I said earlier before in somebody else's video. I think I I never had the legal system by my side this whole through this whole journey. You know what I mean? Except the day that I got custody of my son, it was we went in three minutes, came out, got custody of him, just like that. It was just like it was like a dream come true. Yeah, it was three minutes in and out. It was, yeah, it was. I could even believe it myself. I was like, wow. We went in to judge. Sat there, she was sitting on the table across from me. I'm sitting on the other side. It, the judge looked over the paperwork, gave me custody, walked right out. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like that? I thought I was going to go through a little fight. You know what I mean? But it was just like three minutes. It wasn't in there longer than, we weren't no longer than three, four minutes. It was in and out. Oh, so you had all your uh, all your ducks in the row and everything for us uh, hearing and everything. But to go in and out like that, or, you know, the, um, you had a lawyer, I, I, would, I would take it. I had the the state attorney. You know what I mean? I didn't have, I really didn't have, like, it, it was a deeper situ- situation, you know what I mean? Like, my son really sent my sent his mom through, through the whirlwind to get into my life, though. So, it was, I had a lot, that had a lot to play through it, too. My son, you know, she almost kind of just like, I can't take this no more. You got to get with your dad. You know what I mean? It was, the, it was that type thing, you know what I mean? So, okay. he sent her to a, a whirlwind. It's pretty much like what I did my mom's when I was young, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I ain't seen my father. I didn't see my father until I was 18. So I had to send my mom through a whirlwind to, I think I was 17 or 18. And she was like, look, you got to come get your son. And he came and got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that, that that right there, because, um, you know, being, you know, just a young black male in the neighborhood and growing up in the inner city, we, we tend to use that uh, you know father is not in our life and not present as a uh, clutch or whatnot um how did you uh, manage to get 
through that and, you know, not to be a part of that statistic or whatnot? Well, I feel like I was a part of that statistic at first when, when I was a teenager and my father wasn't in my life. I met my father once when I was 11, but he wasn't okay. in my life. So I think I was falling to that st- statistic for at one point. And then, you know, I was driving my mom up the wall as well, like my son did yeah. his mom. But to the point where I had to force her to, like, look, you need to come and get him. But when I got into his life, you know, it was like, man, I don't even know this dude, but he's my dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got to get to know him. So that's how it was with both of them. But actually, like, my youngest son, it was rough getting in to, to be the father to him. Now it's easy, but it was rough because he didn't know me. But my one that I got custody of, it wasn't really rough at all. It, it's like we bonded right off the rip. But... Uh, to answer okay. your question is this boxing pretty much saved me though boxing was the thing that kept my mind focused and you know I wanted to be better okay now um, with the boxing I know you got a lot of other accolades as well you know, what y'all over there doing man y'all that was my phone my, my phone <laughs> got that that's that periscope doing that, man. I can't, I can't stop that. That thing does that. This one's annoying. <laughs> yeah, that, you know that that's a that's addictive, man. I've been on it um, for about two weeks now, and that thing is very addictive. I mean, you, I mean, it's a good way to network though, too. You know, you get a lot. Yeah, of but network. I try to cut it off, but that thing gonna it's gonna keep every time somebody get on their periscope. That thing goes like it gets annoying after a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I apologize I, what for I, that in advance. <laughs> no, that's all right. What I do is uh, I usually like uh, turn the volume down, but I don't know. Um, it depends on what kind of phone you have or what kind of one. But um, to um, go, you know, just to go a little bit too more into to, to your, uh, your relationship with your uh, sons and all. I mean, um, how many kids do you have total? I have five children, but one my oldest son passed away in August, August 23rd. He was 22 years old. He was my oldest son. He was a special need, special need young man lived in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, in a group home. And okay. you know he died in the group home, but that situation is kind of deep. So I I don't know if his murder, was, I mean his death was malicious or was it natural. You know what I mean? So that's an ongoing situation with that. Then my son, I have a daughter that's 19, Abaya. You know, my son, Desmond, who is uh, about to be 13. Deshaun is 14, and my youngest daughter is 11. Her name is Destiny. Oh, okay. You got it kind of like me. I'm, I'm starting to show my age. <laughs> the same thing, man. I, um, I got a, a older, like 24, and um, I have a... Uh, twins. They 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 just one turn turn just turned twenty one yesterday. And um I like a, a ten year old and a fifteen year old or well, sixteen year old now. Uh yeah. And they all girls, man. So Well I know you have a rough with the girls for them, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh they did put some they didn't put the gray hairs on your boy, but you know, I'm still hanging in there, you know. So, I mean, they, they all got different personalities, you know. That's why, you know, um, 
you know, that, that's a good thing about kids, though, you know, especially our, our kids, you know, raising them and all. You, um, your kids, uh, the, can you let them, you know, what, what kind of sports are they into? I mean, you following your footsteps or whatnot? Or? Well, my daughter and I, we really don't get along. She did play basketball back in the days. I'm still trying to build with her. That's the only part of my mission where I don't really know too much. I know she played basketball back in the days, but now she kind of want to get into the film business and, you know, she just had a baby and everything. So I don't know what, okay. I don't know what's her mission, what she want to do in her life. Cause I'm not there. Like I want to be like, I really want to be my 14 year old. He's a football superstar. I mean, yeah, he's, he, he could be a superstar. I, I would say like that. He wants to box my youngest son. He is a super stud when it comes to football. And then my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's a track star. She's a, Number three in the city of New Orleans with her track. Oh, oh! Shout out to New Orleans. What school she go to? Man, you need to go and shout that out right now. Um, she goes to uh, what's that school? What's the name of that school? Yeah, Alex Hart. Oh, okay. Shout out to Alex Hart out there, man. Getting it in. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. Um. As far as like, because uh, I know I asked you this on Periscope about the about the sparring or whatnot. Do um, do you yourself try to you know teach your uh, your your youngin that's into the boxing or whatnot um any moves or just you know just encourage him talk or whatnot as far as you know him reaching his goals and whatnot. When I got custody of Deshaun, he yeah. said he wanted to box. So I started training him all summer. He has all the intangibles. He has everything that he, he got to learn the ring generalship, of course. But he has all the mechanics that is to be a world champion: the jab, the punches, the timing. Um, he he listens, all that. He has all that, but he just doesn't have the heart and that desire yet because we will be still training now. He doesn't okay. have the heart. Once he get that heart. Once he builds that heart and that courage, he will get back into the ring. Now, as he saw the documentary and all this going on, he said he wants to get back into it. And he wants to do it again. He wants me to train him. So I'm like, you know, if this is what you really want, because I'm not trying to force boxing on another one. If that's what they want, they want to do it, I train them, and I take them to where they need to go. My youngest son, he has all the intangibles too, but he just doesn't listen. Listen, he's a hothead. He thinks he knows everything. But at the same time, he has what it takes but once if he listens and stops trying to be overly aggressive, I think he could he could take it to the next level as well. Okay, okay. Well, um, I wanted to get into your your boxing career itself, and um, and I wanted to get into like you know your movie background. So I didn't know that you was a director as well as a screenwriter. <laughs> um. Uh, let's uh, let's let's I guess uh, let's get let's get to the um, to the uh, the box the box yeah let's get to a little bit of the box I know that's like your favorite <laughs> that's your, your heart right there so we're gonna get that's to my that. passion yes, oh, passion yeah <laughs> um what okay what made you get back what made you get back into this you know number one you know for the fans out there for the people who want to you know just follow them, what made you get back into the ring? Well, what Come made back. me get back in the ring was I was out of shape. You know, I was 250, almost 260, you know, big, stomach hanging over my belt, 
you know what I mean, tired, can't walk 15 steps without stopping and take a breath, you know what I mean? I was like, man, this is, this is retarded. To me, this is crazy. Not retarded, but you know, this is crazy. This is like, I'm, my energy is not there. And I'm, it's just like, I was just done, pretty much. I was working on the Spirit Awards, and I couldn't really hang with the, like, I've done PA work before. I was a PA on the Spirit Awards, and I couldn't keep up with all the other PAs, because like, I'm getting tired. So I was told Brad, I was like, man, I want to get back in the boxing. Brad, which is the director of Winter Bear Race, he was like, you used to box? But, you know, I'm a fat dude saying I used to box. He's looking at me like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, yeah, I want to, I, I used to fight. I used to be one of the, one of the top, top fighters in the 90s. You know what I mean? I was like top 50, maybe top 60 in the United States in the 90s. You know, I was, I was a beast. And he was like, well. And I told him my life story, crying, telling everything about it, you know, because it's like emotional. And he was like, "Man, yeah. if you can find a gym, I, I'll shoot, I'll train." And I know I try to ask people before to, you okay. know, because I re- I've been wanting to do this for years, you know, this documentary for years, but nobody took me serious because I was always fat and out of shape. And uh, he's like, "You find a gym, I'll film you." I didn't believe him. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, right." I mean, he's just gonna renege on me like everybody else. I yeah, find yeah. a gym finally, and um. And the history is made, you know what I mean? Find a gym, and one thing led to another. And the first day he didn't show up, though, I was like, oh man, this dude here, just like the rest of them, you know what I mean? I found a gym, he didn't show, but he did send me a, a picture that he was sick. Like, he was sick, like, real eyes glistening, and, you know, under his nose is glistening with snot, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, this dude here was really sick, but he came the next day still sick and started filming the documentary, you know what I mean? And then we've just been friends ever since, filmed every day for a year and a half 12 hours a day cameras always in my face sometimes you know the camera's on he's just filming you know what i mean he's just passing with the camera just always filming something <laughs> oh, okay okay uh he got like he got the all the emotions you know the behind the scenes the sit down uh i've seen a, a situation with your son and i think he was trying to hit you with the belt or so you know uh, um and then that, I, I didn't know he was filming that either. <laughs> I did not know he yeah. was filming that either. He always sneak yeah. with the camera, boy. He kept that camera. He started sneaking that camera up. I was like, oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I heard you. He was like, man, bro. He was like, being a parent was hard. It's tough at times. I was like, I, 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 I agreed with you when you said it. I was like, you're not lying. It's not easy. But um, it's doable. You know, I never had a chance to be in my kid's life like I was with Desmond or Deshaun or Abaya or Destiny or Orlando. I was never like the father that I wanted. My mission is to be a better father to them than my father was to me. Now, I'm not knocking my dad. My dad tried his best in his duration of his lifetime still. He's still here with us. You know, he's a Vietnam vet. He suffered from PTSD. He done, you know, he went through some things. Our journey has been up and down. But at the same time, I just feel like he could have put more effort in being in my life as a te- when the times that I needed him as a father, you know what I mean? I really needed him as a dad, not these guys that my mom so-called had boyfriends, you know, that trying to be my father. I wanted my dad, dad, you know what I mean? And that's how I said, I didn't want my boys that had that same feeling that I had, you know what I'm saying? I don't want my boys going around hating me or disliking me or anything. So I said, I'm going to show, I'm going to set out this to this mission and prove to them that I am somebody and I'm working to get back into y'all lives and I'm going to do what I had to do actively being a father to them. 
I'm still working with my daughter though. It's still that it's a challenge trying to be in her life. You know what I mean? We're still working out the kinks, but it's just it's not there yet. You know? How long? How long was you out of her life, or, or has it been all her life? Or, nah, you know, she, uh, let me see. She was up to two years old, and me and his mom separ- Me and her mom separated. Then I started again when she was nine. I had her in my life from when she was nine when I was working on prison break, and her mom took her back again and then I didn't see her again now she's 19 now so I hadn't seen her since she was 9 well actually when we was filming Winter Bell Rays I had ran across ran across her when she was like 16 or 17 I saw her then but you know she had she had this cold like feeling towards me you know so I just trying to change that because right now I think she feels most how I felt when I was younger towards my dad that's how she feel towards me and I want to change that okay um have you took any classes or any type of um, counseling as far as how to deal with that? I mean, um, I know like me dealing, I have five, you know, with the girls I have, um, they're real sensitive. So, I mean, you know, as me, we as men, we, we tend to be aggressive in the terms that we shouldn't be aggressive, you know. Uh, have you had any counseling or any, you know, inspirational advice or whatnot? Well, I talk to fathers like yourself that has girls. You know, I hadn't really had no per se counseling, counseling, but just talk to men who are in their daughter's lives and wonder how they build their relationship with their daughters, even if they even had an estranged relationship at one point and rebuild their lives. You know what I mean? Like my son, mom, my youngest son, mom, his her and her father had an estranged relationship at one point, but they bonded now and she's a grown woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to even fix that even before my daughter even become in her 20s. You know what I mean? In her 30s. You know, I don't want her to be in her 30s and then we now trying to build something. That's just a lot of gap to fill. You know what I mean? So, I just talk to men like yourself who's building with their kids, you know, and just trying to learn from that and see if I can do better. Right now, like, it's, it's finances is hard for me. Because I can't yeah. go to Chicago and spend time with, like, she just had my grandchild. I can't, I didn't have the finances. Here, I'm going to buy all this for my granddaughter. You know, my here, this for my light outfits and shoes and boo-boos and, you know what I'm saying, all that stuff for my grandkids. I don't have that yet, you know. And there's times when she wanted me financially, wanted me mentally, emotionally, and I, and I wasn't there for her, which was kind of jacked up. And I'm trying to build that for her. I see, I see. Um... You said she about eighteen, right? She about eighteen. She's nineteen now. Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an age where you know um, they they kind of like it seems you know like they they already came into their their um, their personality or their character how they are, and then it's it's still impressionable because. They, they get influenced by so many, you know, others that's their age that are either going in different paths because, you know, they come fresh out of high school. You know how kids, they always feel they've grown. So when they get to that point, they want to, you know, pursue those grown activities. So, I mean, um, I mean, like I say, I, I think it's just being there for them and um, showing them that you really care and that, you know, even that, that you went through what you went through, you still bounced back and was able to, you know, see past that and see that there on the other end there's there's growth. There's 
there's uh there's blessings and you know that you know there's so tangible between um you and you and your daughter you know what i'm saying and, um but it, it takes it just takes uh just like when you know you get in the ring and you know the body the person the, the uh, opponent may seem difficult but it's always a way to break them down so um i don't know i think that would you unless know, you fight me with her. <laughs> uh, I even think Mayweather. I mean, come on. Remember, uh, Shane Shane Mosley knocked him to his knee. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he uh, he's a he got an impeccable record, but he did knock him to his knee, so uh, it, it's doable. Uh, um, when um, how was your life in Chicago coming up? I mean, um. I, you well, know, we, especially Chicago, Chicago, you know, you know. Just like I tell other people, like like I tell people, they people label Chicago as Chirac, and you know, it's getting all this media attention because of all the murders that's going on in Chicago, whatever the case may be. But Chicago yeah. has always been like that, even when I was a teenager, even when I was in my late teens, early twenties. Chicago has always been. Little Vietnam, little Iraq, little Afghanistan, whatever you want to call it, it's been that bad. It's just getting a lot of media attention now. And it's like, why is it getting all that media attention now? Just like, you know, just like how Baltimore had its thing, Detroit has its thing, LA done its thing, New Orleans had its thing. Chicago's been like that. You know, the Bronx yeah. had its thing, you know, Brooklyn had its thing, you know what I'm saying? Or still have it, I don't know. But. I know Chicago has always been that way. And me coming up, I lost a lot of friends or associates to, to the streets, okay. you know. And I could have been easily, I could have easily fell to the streets as well. But my mission was not to be one of those guys running around trying to lay with every woman, have babies all over the place, you know, selling drugs and you know, uh, just be just low lives, doing nothing, sitting on the corner drinking booze, you know, smoking weed on the corner. You know, not doing that with myself. I didn't want to be that type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Because I know if I'm that type of guy, my kids are gonna grow up probably be the same way, and that's not nothing. You know, I don't want to be. I didn't want to be that. So I said I want to be something more than just the streets. I want to be something more than just labeled as a statistic in the neighborhood. Especially when my girlfriend got murdered in front of me in '91. That really kind of pushed me even more to become something better. You know what I'm saying? See, that's why I was telling my I was telling my buddy, I said, Man, his story I mean, I know that that was a fictitious um movie. The I, I know I told you this before, the Rocky. Um just yeah. the whole thing of um him his triumph and everything and um what he was going through, lost his money, got rich won his champion, lost his champion, all these different obstacles and still coming at it, you know, still going through it. Um, um, just, you know, just hearing that uh, just blew my mind. Just, you know, I'm like, wow. You know, like, I've had friends that passed and got killed, in, you know, in the inner city. And so, you know, but to have somebody that, that was considered, you know, that like a love, loved one, you know, Know, close companions to die in front of you, you know, that is, uh, you know, a real shock to the system. And, and for you to, I mean, for you to still be at it, man, I mean, that is a true champion right there. That's, 
you know, beside of all the accolades and, you know, the trophies and trinkets and whatnot, that right there is a true champion factor. You know, like when I saw the Periscope, that was all genuine right there. I, I, I'm in traffic laughing my ass off, and I'm like, oh, I got to <laughs> get a crash. But, yeah, that was all genuine, man. Um, the uh, I have some questions, too, that, you know, they, some, you know, we had down a couple things or whatnot. Um, what we what do you gain from um, um, this whole experience? Like, what is your ultimate goal? In this, you know, if you can my ultimate, my ultimate goal is, is is in process now. It's just building, getting all my children together so they can all know each other. So they all, you know, I get emotional when I talk about this because, like, my older son is dead now. So my younger boys didn't get a chance to meet him or see him, but they did talk to him on the phone at least once. Maybe you know what I mean, but and have my daughter like they talk to them some they talk to each other sometimes on Facebook or whatever, but they never met each other physically. So really, just to get them all together and just be my mission is just to be that dad that they didn't never had. They they didn't have any life. I just wanted to give them something I didn't have, and and give them more, and so they and build for them so they wouldn't even struggle as much as I had coming up because it's been a struggle to this point. So my my whole thing is this is to build a legacy for them so when I leave this earth they will have something to carry on to tell they grand to their kids and their grandkids, you know what I mean? Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, um it's as far as far as your family, your immediate family or just your relatives or you getting any um support on that end? Um have they been supporting the project itself or mm-hmm sort of a black sheep but at the same time I have some cousins that they see me on Facebook I put stuff out there they tell me that you know wow they show love or whatever but as for my uncles my aunts or whatever I have one auntie two aunties one of my aunties is real sick right now in Atlanta she was my biggest supporter and we're hoping she pulled through her sickness but she's my biggest supporter and I have another aunt that lives here in New Orleans she's a supporter you know, my uncle, He, I guess he shows support. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't talk to him. My mom, my auntie, and all them, my grandma, I don't hear nothing from my mom. I mean, she, she. I guess she gives her love or whatever, but my father, he gives his love. But he, hadn't, he likes some stuff that I put up, but I hadn't seen him share anything on Facebook or nothing. I don't know. Like, all my family on my dad's side, they... I have some cousins, like I said, they might say something, but I'm, I, I feel like I'm a loner. It's, it's my my family is the Facebook my my when the bell rings family. My my family feel they're solid. They support me. They've been pushing this. They've been driving me. If you watch the documentary, Trish Jackson, she is my ultimate supporter. She pushed me along the way. She's my family. She's like. The only reason I think she's the one reason why I'm still here today is because of her undeniable support and strength. You know what I mean? And my kids, you know, they support and they push it out there. And even my baby mama's all of a sudden coming out of you know they support and so that's kind of funny. You know what I mean? Or you think uh, you don't think that it's uh, a money game thing or? Gain you know they do say like when you get the when you start gaining fame people suck and i have people coming out the woodworks down you know what i mean but i know what time it is and i can tell if it's genuine or not you know and 
and those who aren't genuine, I still keep you close. I just keep my eye on you. You know what I mean? Like, and, but I'm not really, I'm not worried about any like none of that stuff. So if they do come out the woodworks, hey, that's good. But where were you when I was struggling hard? Like when I didn't have, when I was about to get kicked out on the curb. You know what I mean? Where were you? You know, where were you when I was hungry, 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 and I needed somebody to help? You know what I'm saying? Put some food in my stomach. You know what I mean? Where were you when my lights about to get cut off? You know. But now I'm about to blow up. And now everybody coming out the woodwork. It's kind of funny to me. You know that I never, me myself personally, never known. You know, you know, like when you see a boxer, or when you see like these uh, um, athletes, you see a lot of the the show or the glitz or whatnot. You never see a lot of the, the behind the scenes. You know. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I was, I'm shocked. I'm not, not, not say shocked, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a, the fact that you're, you're down to earth, real, a real, real dude, you know, real like, you know, down to earth cat. You know, I can see that, that genuine, you know, uh, passion that you have for the, for your, for your craft. You know, um, do you, uh, when is um. Uh, you you have um, um, fights coming up, right? Um, uh, uh, we got we have a chance to find out who you're going to be um, um, going after or whatnot. Or? Well, there's this thing coming up where I'm trying to get. It's called a WBC Challenger, but it's in Mexico. Okay. I don't know if I can get it. I don't know if I'm going to be a part of that because I don't know if it's just for Mexican fighters because this is a it's a reality show for. Um, Mark Brunette is putting on, but the WBC are is going is going to try to push me to get on that show. But I don't know if it's just strictly for Mexican fighters. But I heard that they're going to do the contender again, and hopefully, if they do the contender again, I'll be on that show if I don't get on the WBC challenger. But at the same time, I am going to fight next year. I am okay, 110 percent going to fight next year. And I'm gonna fight a few times next year, and I will have a title by the time I retire from boxing because um, I am I'm hungry for it. Boxing yeah. is my passion. I, I I'm my eyes are watering now just thinking about it, man. I, I love the sport. Yeah, I'm 45 years old, but at the same time, I'm not dead. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm I still not. have. Yo, uh, I've seen you punch the hell out of that um, a sparring partner. <laughs> I was like, this cat right here, he knocked the shit out of dude. Dude hit the damn, um, what was it, the, the, the turnbuckles? No, he, he hit the, the, the ropes. I was like, yo, was he conscious? I mean, how long did it take to get him up? You know, he looked like he was out that was me that got knocked. That was me that got knocked out. <laughs> that was that me. Yeah, that was and me that got knocked out. That was that was you that, in, in the sparring yeah. session? Yeah, that was in a spawn session. That was being the beginning of my comeback. I was out of shape. You know, I was I was eager to get back in the ring. I was pushing. I kept asking my trainer, like, I want to get now. I was sparring all these little amateur dudes, you know what I'm saying? These little amateur dudes was giving me a little run for my money. And I was like, you know, I want to move with, spar with some professional guys, you know? And he was like, no, you ain't ready for them yet. You ain't ready for them yet. And I'm like, I'm tired of sparring these amateurs, you know what I'm saying? They don't have, they ain't showing me nothing. Although they would yeah. give me the best of me too, because I'm out of shape. He so saw you like you want to get in there with them. All right, I'm gonna get you in there. So he put me in there, and I'm moving around with him. And you know, I got 
put to sleep. You know what I mean? And you know that really woke me up because I ain't never been knocked out before. And that well, Nisha didn't get knocked out. Nisha didn't get knocked out um uh, public like an actual fight fight. You know. I mean that, like you said, that's a wake up call. Like, yo, I'm really out of shape. I really need to get back and hit this punching bag, and you know, man. I mean, get to that regiment. Cause I, I saw it, I was like, man, that, that guy got knocked the hell out real cold. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that I mean, was me. I, I got put to sleep, man. And and I, I actually I thought about giving up. I'm like, man, I do not have it like I used to in my, when I was in my twenties. But I thought about it. So I don't give up on nothing. I'm not about to give up and keep pushing. Even the director, he was shocked when it happened. He thought I was going to quit and say, you know, forget it. But we just kept pushing and kept pushing on and on. And and the life, the life of the documentary kept going on. So actually, he said that he glad that happened. Actually, <laughs> you know, he kind of kind of glad that happened. You know, and I'm kind of glad that happened too because it made me wake up, made me. Realize what I need to do and what what I not what what do what not to do while I'm in there. So yeah, yeah. So um, what is uh your? Can you tell us a little bit about your daily regimen when you train and everything? Like you know your whole uh, a little bit of your setup or whatnot. Well, I ain't training like, now, like but top, when I do train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I, I do mean, train, you know, I get up. My bad. Um, usually, I just get up in the morning. I do my road work in the morning. And I probably jump road for 20 minutes. You know, I do my sit-ups. You know, I eat. I'm a vegan now. So, you know, I eat my okay. vegan meals. You know what I mean? And, you know, by me being a vegan, you know, I have to eat more. So, and then get my protein and things that I need in my body. And the, the proper vitamins that I need in my body, which is cool. You know, I get the regular things that I need naturally. And yeah, yeah. you know, jump rope, drink a lot of water, uh, power walk, you know, do the, the regimen, shadow box, hit the heavy bag, spar, you know, whatever. Try to get some swimming in. I really, I rarely hit the weights, but you know, if I want the upper body strength, I will get. But I need a strength coach, like Chase. That's in my documentary. I get a strength coach to help me with the upper body strength and get my body toned and tri- chiseled like I want to be chiseled. But um, it's just a lot of boxing is is a is a tedious workout where you will get yourself in tip top shape if you put your mind to it. If you go in there half assing it, you're not gonna get nothing, no results out of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, um, what was the last uh, uh, fight before your comeback? Who did you fight, and um, how did that one go? Uh, last fight was versus Calvin Brock in 1996 um, in Florida at the National Piles Tournament. I uh, got beat, and that was I, I was favored to win that tournament. I was supposed to go to the Olympics actually, but okay, um, you know that was a, that was the Olympic qualifying. You know to try to go to the uh, the the trials. It was one of those yeah. Olympic qualifying trial tournaments things to go to the trials or whatever. And um, one of them. And, you know, my mom took my oldest son from me at that time. You know, my son, Orlando, who's passed away, she took him from me. You know, that kind of took a toll on my body, took a toll on me mentally. And I didn't get in there. I went in there and I wasn't myself when I fought that fight. And I got beat. 
and I stepped away from boxing after that, and I didn't fight again until, like I said, 15 years later. Oh, so that really hit you. Um, so you wasn't, you felt you wasn't focused because, you know, all the um, things that you were dealing with at the time when you got in that ring? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had deal like I had just lost a homie. One of my homies got murdered like a week before that before that tournament. Um, I was dealing with stuff with my wife at the time. You know, I had a lot of stuff weighing heavy on me at the time. And me going into the ring, you know, I just with my and then my mom taking my son from me. That 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 was all added up to me. My my focus wasn't there. And I had an offer to turn pro. I had an offer to a ten fight. I had a, I was offered a ten fight deal for like a night, a substantial amount of money with uh-huh. a ten fight deal to turn pro, and I turned that down because I knew I would have blew that money on something negative. You know what I mean? That's why you know I wouldn't, and I wasn't ready mentally to turn pro at that time, so I just stepped away from it. My goal was to go to the Olympics, win the Olympics, turn pro, win a belt or two, and retire, and go into the film business. But it didn't quite work that way. Okay, well, speaking of the film business, um, uh, when did you start your, uh, you know, your film? When did you get into the uh, film business? Or start I got into it a year, a year after I got away from boxing. I stepped out of boxing. I got in probably late 1997. I was an extra on screen, too. And... Yeah. I liked the experience working on screen too. Then I became a feature extra on Mama Flores Family, and I was like, you know what? This is cool. I like this. You know, they featured me on that. It was nice. I want to do more of this. And I worked on this thing called Black Dog as an extra on that. Then I started working all these other shows as extras, and I was like, man, I'm tired of doing this extra stuff. And you know, I dabbled with doing security and doing all this other different stuff here and there. And I didn't start yeah. taking my my film career serious till 2004 on this mo- on well 2005, no no 2004 I take that back on uh mom no it was called Glory Road it's a basketball movie and I, yeah, I was yeah, an extra yeah. on that and That's I was right. a PA on that and then I worked on Prison Break and then my career just slingshotted after that. Um, hold on. Um, I'm sorry about that. Let's, uh, we're going to go to a, a commercial right quick and then we'll come back with some more questions. Uh, we, got a, we, got a, we got a call from, um, uh, this, this is my, uh, partner, Chill Gizzy. Let's see if we can get him to say hi, hello or whatnot. Yo, Chill, you there? Oh, uh, yeah, man. I'm maintaining, man. You know, I'm just soaking up everything, man. Um. One of the questions I wanted to ask, man, was uh, what were some of the uh, fighters that he uh, watched and inspired him coming up? Well, Good my question. favorite boxer of all time was uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, that's what inspired me to get into boxing back then because when I was a kid, I had some authentic uh, Sugar Ray Robinson gloves that I was given to. It was given to me by one of my mom's boyfriends, and. That kind of made me want to get into boxing because I had those gloves. And then watching it coming up, and then Holyfield, you know Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know Lennox Lewis, you know uh-huh. those guys. Uh, um, Michael Nunn. Uh, Michael Nunn was a monster. I like Michael Nunn, uh, Sweet Pea, Pernell Whitaker, you know um, those guys. Zab Judah, you know okay. those guys were those guys. 
Uh, Zuma Nelson, that's another one, although he was way under, you know, weight than me, but I like, he was entertaining. All, these are all entertaining fighters, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like that. You know, and, of course, now Mayweather, because I fought in tournaments with Mayweather back when I was younger, you know what I'm saying? He was in a couple of tournaments. I was in a couple of tournaments he was in, you know what I mean? Although he was like a flyweight at the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, uh, was, um, I'm sorry not to cut you off. I'm sorry about that, but I wanted to yeah, it's live. Um, what I wanted to know on that, um, did you take any um, one of uh, I, as far as one of those boxes or several boxes, um, took any of uh, you know, took after the style of these boxes, or did you just develop your own style over the years? I developed my own style over the years, but pretty much I had the shoulder roll sort of like Mayweather. I had the oh, elbow like bump. Sugar Ray Leonard. And I had I had the Sugar Ray Robinson actually. I had more I'm gonna follow you. I had the speed of Sugar Ray Robinson. I had the sugar roll, the shoulder sugar roll, shoulder roll like uh you know, like uh Mayweather. Sort of, but it wasn't. I didn't do my his. You know, his shoulder roll is something totally different. Mine was kind of unique because I used my elbows too at the same time, and my elbows block and de- deflect punch. I had a phenomenal defense back in the days. My defense was. I didn't hardly got hit when I was fighting back in the days. I, I I had. It was to the point where I couldn't get no fights in Chicago. I couldn't get no fights in Indiana. I couldn't get no fights in Ohio. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't get no fights in the Midwest. Pier. I had to go down south to get fights. To clean up down south, you know, and okay. that's that's how you know I was a feared, destructive, fast. People used to call me a professional as an amateur. No, he's a pro. He can't be fighting on his car. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not. A, I'm an amateur. Just look at my book. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not a pro. It's crazy. Sorry, punching like a pro, man. Obviously. So, um, what what you think stopped you from becoming a champion? So you know, the way back in your career. And um, you know, my 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 sons, my oldest, my wife. Actually, I was I was. See, the thing was, when you fight, you discipline. You have no sex. You can't drink. You can't smoke. You can't do none of that stuff. You just have to devote yourself to boxing. That's how I was. But when I met my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time. She distracted all that, you know what I mean? And my trainer was like, "You you need to not mess with her. She's gonna be the downfall of your career." You know, I ain't had sex in almost a year, so I was like, you know, I got hook up with her. She's fine. She had pretty eyes, big breasts. You know what I'm saying? The booty was nice on point. And we ended up doing the do, and and that was all she wrote. <laughs> oh wow! So it was a case of the of the box, of the Yeah. So that that's real true. That's real true. I didn't know. I thought that was a myth. I seriously thought that was a myth. I didn't know that you really can't have sex or whatnot. Because I was told that uh, Mayweather has has it before he uh, boxes. Well, he's a different breed of human. You know, he's a different breed. You know, he's a different breed of human. But yeah, I lost six straight fights dealing with her. You know what I mean? And then my trainer, my original trainer, was like, "Look, man, you have to choose either her or your boxing career." And I kicked her to the curb, and I had to focus on my boxing career, you know what I mean? And I did, and I went back on the winning streak again, but then she swindled her way back in my life, and 
you know, and then that then that caught, caught risk between my, me and my original trainer until he left me, you know what I'm saying? And then my career started. Then I started bouncing from trainer to trainer after that, you know what I mean? Trying to learn different things from different trainers, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of, I mean, I, don't, I ain't going to say I regret anything. I just wish I could have made some better decisions back then, like never mess with her. But if I didn't mess with her, I wouldn't have my, my two oldest kids, so... But I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. I love my children. But I would have made some better decisions when it came to messing with her. I would just would have focused on my boxing. But I got to think about it, though. Everything in life happens for a reason. You know what I mean? I took that 15-year hiatus. I don't have the wear and tear, the ring. You know, I have my, all my scruples. You know, yeah. I have. I still, I still have my knowledge of boxing, although I've been out for a while. So making that comeback... You know, thinking that I still had it, it was yeah. very humbling that I know I didn't have it anymore, but it started coming back to me as of late. I had all the negative people telling me, oh, man, you're too old. You can't make it. That was way heavier on me, you know. So, I, of course, I was training, listening to that negativity affecting me in the ring, dealing with the younger guys. But once I had Spider, my last trainer, he said erase all that negativity when people say, don't let that get to you. And I And I felt like a whole different person, you know what I mean? I was, it's like he lifted the burdens off my shoulders and then I, it opened me up to a, to a different training, you know, different aspect of boxing where I could feel myself instead of listening to all the, oh, you too old, you, you don't have it no more, oh, man, 20 years, man, you don't have it, blah, 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 you know, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you still determined, man, that, that's like, to me, half the battle. I mean, shoot, um, <laughs> I'm serious. Um, I mean, even with um, like with music, we we tend to you know you you get artists that get up in age, and you know the younger younger crowd or the younger artists will tend to feel that you know you know the OGs don't they ain't got nothing to offer, you know, and, and I, I I I I don't believe that. I don't subscribe to that. You know, I feel that if you still right. like that, you're able. You're able to do what you can do. You can you can get up in there. I mean, Bruce Lee, even at his age, he was young. I know when he passed, but um, I know for a fact if he was still around, he'd still be kicking in his ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But uh, so you um, think the group troop can will make money now these days? You remember the troop, the group troop from the '80s? You think if they made a comeback, they would still? You think they still would make a make hit? You know what? It's like this because I mean I, I'm an artist also. You know, I think you gotta have a passion for the music, passion for whatever you 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 believe in that you feel that you can do and you're doing, and then exactly. you, you just gotta try to find that chemistry. That chemistry exactly. is just like putting the right ingredients together. They sat down and then if they can if they can you know think back or even get to the point where they like, look, we made powerful music back then. We had a whole exactly. generation of people on our music, digging our stuff. People was buying troop uh shoe uh, uh gear and all that. Why they can't do it now? They just have to find the strategy because the strategy is gonna be different. Just like you getting back in the ring is gonna be different than 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 it was before, but you still know the fundamentals. You still know that okay I'm, I, I ain't got no glass chin, you know what I'm saying? I got to be tough. I got to be aggressive. Then I got to be focused. I got to know that, okay, you got 
these young guys, they're going to try to come and try to take me out, and I'm, I'm going to show them that I ain't, I ain't the one. So, I mean, I feel that it, it just depends on the person, you know. Um, it depends on the person. If you still got it in you, I still think you can you can um, get going and um, it'd be a success. So that's you know why what? I like. Go ahead. My bad. But you know, in, when the, on the comeback process of me, what was, I learned that I couldn't use that was pivotal to my com- my career back in the days of my jab. See, I got shot in the arm, so I can't extend my jab out like I used to anymore on my on my left hand. So okay. it, it, it's a burden, but if you still get in my range, I can still do what I do, but it can get countered easy if I don't have my chin tucked. You know what I mean? If I don't have my chin tucked, I can get countered. You know, so I had to get used to throwing my jab where where it looks lazy, but it's not. I could still pop a fast jab, but it just don't extend all the way out like he's supposed to extend your jab all right. Now, if I, I could fight southpaw as well, so if I fight, I can extend my right hand out real good. You know, but I'm not just I'm not comfortable at fighting southpaw, but I can fight at southpaw. I'm just not comfortable with it because I don't do it on a daily basis. You know, but I can do it just for a little bit just to throw you off. You know what I mean? But once you know that I'm not comfortable at fighting that softball, you would start and then start doing some things. I mean, I just go back all the docs again and just do my thing. But I just can't extend my jab out all the way. And that was something I had to get used to on this comeback. Like, man, I can't get this jab out there. That's how I got knocked out. When you saw me get knocked out, throw that lazy jab out there, and he came right over the top and put me to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I seen yeah. that. I seen that, yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, so he was, he was, it was in But he was, wasn't he kind of taller than you two? He had a little bit of uh, longer reach. He's just a – he was thinner than me, actually. It was kind of embarrassing, dude. <laughs> He's like 168, you know what I mean? I was like 230 pounds, you know what I mean, of of fatness, you know what I mean? And he caught me with that. Oh, that was kind of embarrassing. But at the same time, I had to really think about it. Like, yeah, he was he's, – he's a pro. He's been doing this a long time. I asked for this. I asked to get in the ring. And plus he told – the trainer told him to knock me out. To see if I really, he made he told him to do that. You know what I mean? Yo, really? yo, they see, yo, that, that that's crap. <laughs> but it, like you said, it opened up, it opened up your eyes to okay, where I need to go, where I need to be. You know what I got to do to get myself back in shape. Um, if uh, if you can tell anybody that's listening right now, um, I guess a few words. You know what could uh. You know, as far as inspiration and whatnot, uh, what what could you uh, let let the young up and coming um, boxers and athletes that want to you know pursue that um, get into the new sports or whatnot? Train hard, eat healthy, do not listen to negative talk, do not let keep positive people in your corner, be resilient, be determined, keep pushing forward hurdle any obstacles that come your way if the obstacles seem insurmountable just try your best and work hard to get past it if it seems like you're back against the wall make sure you have a support group around you not to have you trickle down into depression because I know I fell into depression a lot and um, just stay focused focus is key and having good people around you to keep you focused and pushing forward is the best thing and just keep hungry keep going at it you know what I'm saying train hard Every day, and and study your craft. Learn and study your craft. We um we're gonna get into some music. 
come back, come back and you know get into some more uh, with Dino Wells, man. Um, everybody out there that's listening, y'all know me. Y'all know what y'all gotta do. Y'all go check out the website at www.firstfamradio.com or www.firstfamworld.com. Um, you know you can go there, check us out, get all the information you need. Um, we like to let artists know too. We're trying to get your music in rotation. We're really serious about your craft. Hit us up. You can hit my email. That's mrillfresh76 gmail.com. Um, make sure that uh, it's MP3, of course, bio and all. And um, get you on, man. Uh, I'm, uh, we're going to get into some music, man, and then we're going to come back with, with, with Dino. All right. All right. Yo. Put that on viral. Put that on viral. How my dick tastes Don't take orders I dictate Get your shit straight Dick face Perpetual rollies With the big face Come on, come on I got them loving the movement Beard so long I'm feeling like Rick Rubin I've been shot, stabbed Left for dead Walk through every hood in L.A. Bandana on my head Guarantee that shit was red Machetes in them choppers out Bitches what they knock us out I done fucked them all That's why I'm standing on Ferraris, nigga From the corner playing lookout To kitchen cookouts Yeah, that's why I'm standing on Ferraris, nigga In a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, too big for a Bugatti That's why I'm standing on Ferraris, nigga Top floor to built more Say they want a wall shit That's what I'm built for Lounging Miami with the eye candy Bitches named Sandy and Bambi My exes can't stand me God Bless the nigga with more swag than trigger More hoes than trigger Trigger no, that's my nigga though Figure four down, figure room Rick Flair Phantom All red flannel Niggas don't hit me though Spit on models On Kelly piss on the centerfold Ever since Doc showed me a billion in the envelope Love Jimmy fucking the scope I'm a Don Walk outside naked Cuban cigar And Louboutins, huh? Shit on my lawn Snakes in the grass I hear them slithering and hissing whenever I pass Riding with something French Chloe Kardash 200 on the dash That's your ass Shot that left for dead Walk through every hood in L.A. Bandana on my head Guarantee that shit was red Machetes in them choppers out Bitches what they knock us out I done fucked them all That's why I'm standing on Ferraris, nigga From the corner playing lookout To kitchen cookouts Yeah, that's why I'm standing on Ferraris, nigga In a 6'4", 6'5", too big for a Bugatti that's why I'm standing on Ferrari, hey, yo, nigga. Hey, this nigga game bought me a motherfucking red Ferrari for my birthday, nigga. I put that on viral. 
told me I was honorary. Put that ass my woo. I said, nigga, I'm whatever with this motherfucking red Ferrari, nigga. Yeah. I take it. Nigga, game give out red Ferraris for no reason. It was just a Tuesday. A motherfucking Tuesday. Yeah. Nigga said, happy Tuesday, puff. Now that nigga wanna stand on my Ferrari every day. Now that nigga wanna stand on my motherfucking Ferrari all the time. Driving down the street with Hype Williams shooting the video. We ain't even shooting the video. We just motherfucking riding down the street. This nigga got Hype Williams shooting the shit. Yeah. 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 See, this is what happened when that East meets West. When we get together, you know what I'm saying? Say fuck the rest. And we start partying and bullshitting and having a good time throwing pool parties and shit. Niggas start buying niggas from the East Coast Ferraris and shit. Shit all good. Red Ferraris at that, nigga. Shit. I ain't got no time for no other shit. I just got time to... Blocks in Houston, Texas, it ain't number hustlers, and we get money. Yeah. Yeah. On my block, you'll find hustlers and killers, drug dealers, thug niggas looking just like gorillas. Uh. And my homie just got out the pen, he just did 10. Talking reckless like if he don't eat, he'll go back in. Told him, flip this five grand, then I fronted him three. Hey. It was three weeks later, brought that right back to me. Uh. If it don't make dollars, homie, that would be senseless. Whatever. Brought me 10, he made five, plus the two was the interest. Hustle. In South Park, we don't play, we just eat chips like Frito-Lay. Hey. Where you stand is where you lay, his homeboy asked, is he okay? Uh. No, he's not, his ass got shot. Bitch nigga tried to run in the spot. That's when a 4-5 came on out. Hit him three times like... We don't give a fuck about who you be. Front page news live on TV. Psycho or gangster killing spree. ID channel, y'all might see me. In H-Town, we don't care. Pussy ass niggas, y'all better beware. We don't bust shots up in the air. Snatch out your car, we'll kick you right there. Hey! That's how we get down on these motherfucking streets. We ain't for play, motherfucker. Yeah. Get hit with the hollow point, shit be hurting. Uh, Every which way the blood to be squirting. Right. Killing season, niggas be murking. Mm. Shotgun shells fly straight through your curtains. Hey. Do you realize what you did? Shot up the crib, spit his weed. Reload the gun, smoke you a cig. Damn, they almost hit the kids. Damn. Heard it was birds up in the house. Open up the safe, let them fly out. Wow. Up in the trunk, hit the streets. Homie got worth ten apiece. Hey. That's how it is up in the hood. Gotta grind so we can borrow. Hating ass niggas up to no good. Got a raw Peter just to pay. Hustle. Now that's a shame. Unfortunately, that's the game. Uh, Ain't no love up in these streets. 
400 years, that's the blame Don't wanna see a nigga rise to the top Don't wanna see a nigga riding in a drop Elbows and bows make a nigga get shot Funeral rules, I done went to a lot Seen a bunch of homies get popped Doughboy trap house set up shop Niggas on the roof stay there watching cops A lot of real hustlers still on lock I'm just trying to dodge the cage That don't mean that I'm afraid I just rather be down for my block And out here hustling, getting paid Damn right, bitch, I got a gun on me. I keep a few funds on me. I'll be damned if 
if a nigga take something from me. Gotta, gotta keep a gun on me. Damn right, bitch, I got a gun on me. I'll be ready when they come for me. Get hate from the ones that have love for me. I gotta keep a gun on me. Yeah, we back. That was your boy, Granddaddy Perk, gun on me. Hey, make sure y'all check out Granddaddy Perk, man. He got a um, he got battle battle coming up. Um, he, he was on the show uh, a few weeks ago. Um, this cat is up and coming. Um, battle rappers been putting it putting it in, man. He's been doing his thing, man. So y'all make sure y'all go out there and support him. We had uh, your boy Bill Collector, you know. Got the burner. No, I got the burner. Mr. Bill Collect himself was on last week. If y'all missed that, y'all go check that out. Go download it. Y'all can download the uh, the show. It's free. Straight to your, uh, your your iPod, Android, or whatnot. And you can go to our, the App Store and download the app. Um, check that app out. You know, Make sure y'all support us, man. That's what we're here for. We got your boy Dino Wills. Back on, yo man. What up? Yeah, we was talking some some good stuff, man. Um, for the break, um, yo, um, we was on 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 as far as uh in um private room, you know, chopping up about the movies and whatnot. What um what uh movies have you seen that lately or your favorite movie? What's the what's the boxer's favorite movie? That's what I want to know. And then I, I got another question too after that, <laughs> but as far as relating to the movie. Well, <clears throat> I like Rocky, of course. You know the whole Rocky series, and then this this recently, Southpaw just came out, and the yeah. story about that bo- that guy and his daughter. You know what I mean? That hit me super home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this that whole although it's a fictional it's a fictional story. But yeah, yeah. It, it touches true life things like my life. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there like, wow, this is yeah. kind of awesome. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Southpaw will be right now my favorite. You know, Warrior was another one, although it had nothing to do with boxing. It had to do with the MMA thing. But that was like a powerful thing with the two brothers and the Warrior thing. That was kind of hot. You know, yeah. that came out a few years ago. I don't know if you've seen that one or not. But that was sick, too. The um The Southpaw. That I was asked that they wanted me to ask you that question. How did you think? What do you think about that movie? And uh, you pretty much answered that question. Um, <laughs> what do you What do you think about the Creed, man? That, that come out what tomorrow? It come out tomorrow. You know what? I believe you know Jordan um, is going to do his thing in that. I believe that they cast the right person for that. Um, yeah. I talked to his best friend on the red carpet of when we did the premiere in L.A., and he okay. was like, um, man, he lived his career through him. You know, he's an actor, too, my friend, who was his friend. But at the same time, okay. that movie, I think, is going to set is gonna set his career. I mean, his career is already on point, but it's going to set his career over because, you know, uh, the original Apollo Creed, you know, he's playing the son of Apollo Creed. And there's that yeah. journey he had, you know, don't want to get from what I'm seeing in the trailers, like he don't want to have nothing to do with dad or whatever, but Rocky wanted him to, you know, push through his dad's legacy or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah. it kind of touched home with me a little bit. The trailer's compelling. I can't wait to see it. I want to watch it, you know, because I think it's going to be pretty good. 
I think it is gonna be a good movie. Um, as as you um, your your experience in the movies and stuff, what do you feel about all the um, African Americans? I don't even like saying it like that, but uh, the African Americans that's uh, being portrayed in these movies, and even some of the remakes. What do you uh, feel uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I feel. Oh man, I'm kind of. I'm not gonna say I'm biased or anything. I, I'm kind of. I, I ain't gonna say I feel the fifth either. I don't speak speak my mind. Will speaks his mind. He spoke his mind earlier. I read something online. He spoke his mind about how you know black people are being treated in the film. But I believe, yeah. me personally, we should get better roles offered to us, like more instead of the stereotypical roles of being a dope dealer, uh, some hood junkie, pimp, yeah. hoes, strippers, twerkers, whatever case may be. I think, or a buffoon, or buffoonery stuff. I think we should do, we we can play fathers, we can play lawyers, we can play, you know, uh, strong leading roles. I heard even, the, you know, the leading role for Star Wars that's coming out, a lot of people kind of kind of was mad at that because there's a black lead in Star Wars. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're mad at that. And, and and you know it's crazy. I'm like, yo, the original Star Wars, Darth Vader was uh, um, black. So, I mean, at the end of the movie, when he took his hat, his face off or whatnot, or his mask off, they made, you know, he looked white or whatnot. But we all knew who that was, you know. Yeah, James uh, Earl Jones, you know what I mean? We knew who that was. To me, I kind of look at, I like the movie. I still like the series. You know, I kind of like a little, you know, I'm kind of like a nerd in a sense on that end. Because, you know, um, as far as Star Wars, but, um, it seemed like when he got down to the last part of the movie, he wasn't. It wasn't going to be triumph until he had to chop off the head of his father, you know, and you know, and he represents the dark side or whatever. But I mean, that was kind of like my knowledge at the end of the movie. But I did like the movie. I thought the movie was good. It was classic and everything. For people to be having an issue with that, I think that's just just crazy, you know, it's like it is 2015 and still racism is still running rapid, but I mean, it's a movie um, have you uh, um, had any issues with racism as far as in the boxing community mm. nah, I think I, I never, I hadn't faced any racism in boxing nor in film I had been typecast before in film as in extra roles, you know, playing thugs, you know, because I have tattoos, you know, I look mean, and, you know, I, I I rarely smile in pictures. I think I smiled the most doing this red carpet than anything, you know, in any of my pictures in my whole career because I'm happy that I'm at a level in my life now that I've never been before, you know what I mean? So, um, but I've been typecast to play thugs, prisoners, or you know, something in a slave type movie or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I feel it's a job, it's work. I'll take the job, but I still want to play a leading role. I want to be relevant in the film business. I want to, I want to have the relevance of, of a Morgan Freeman or a Danny Glover. You know, I want to be on the level of one of those guys, of a Will Smith or a Idris Elba. I want to be on the level of those guys where they're relevant. 
10 years down the line, you will still know of a Morgan Freeman, Danny Glover, you know, of those guys. And I, and I want Dino Wells that same way. Even if I'm playing a a stereotypical role or if I'm playing a non-stereotypical role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you, you went right into the next question. Because I was like, uh, will there be any new movies? Will there be any new movies or TV shows that uh, you'll be appearing in or directing? I have a movie that I I have my first speaking role coming out in March of next year or April. I think it's April or March. It's called Same Kind of Different as Me. I play a character named Mister in that. I play a homeless guy. Um, it's a faith-based film. Um, it, it stars Greg Kinnear, Jaimon Hansu, and Renee Zellweger. And I and I have a supporting role in that. And it's my very first speaking part in a feature film. And, and I'm honored to be a part of that. And I was honored to do a scene with Jaimon Hansu, uh, Greg Kinnear, and Renee Zellweger. It was fun. Oh man, how how was it uh, acting along Blair Underwood? Man, that was uh, actually he inspired me to keep doing this because I told him I said I want to get on his level. That was in '98 too, actually, and he was like, you know, if you want to do it, push it. He said, keep doing it, keep going for it, and and work work at it. Because I was in a scene with him, with Blair and my own for his family. We had two scenes in it, and I ain't saying nothing. I'm just a featured extra in the scene while they're doing all the interact. I'm interacting, but not saying anything. And I'm saying like, man, I really want to say something. <laughs> you know, he, and he said, your time will come. Just keep put. He kept saying, just, you just keep grinding in, in his game, and then you'll get it. And, you know, 98 is 2015 now, and I did my first speaking part last year. You know what I mean? I think that was a that was a long hustle, you know, a long grind to get to that to that point where I can be on that level of Blair Underwood, you know. But you're still doing it. So, like I said, I mean, even with the movies and the, you know the fact that uh, it said you uh you a uh, screenplay, you write screenplay. You still write screenplays? Or, or yeah, I have like, a. I write. I write. So I have several finished scripts now. I have a screenplay called No Words at All that I'm really pushing right now. I wrote this one after Mike the, the injustice of Mike Brown. When Mike Brown was murdered, I say he was murdered. When he was murdered, I wrote this script called No Words at All, and it's, and it's about the injustice of, you know, it's about this family going through the injustice from the '60s to now. It's a period piece about you know how we are treated it's just not about black people just about racism how racism affects us as human beings and that's what yeah. no words at all is all about and i want to push that right now and that's what i'm really pushing for to see if i can get that in antoine Foucault's hand or somebody's hand you know what i mean i want to get in somebody's hand and, and i'd rather direct it but if i can get a bigger name director to get on it that'd be great uh, um i see you on social media uh, have you begun to plug it, or you just uh, we we just when the bell rings is that the, that's the main focus right now as far as um just for the project pushing when the bell rings right now, and because I know that's going to open more doors to my acting and my writing career. I I've directed two shorts before, but I don't really consider myself as a director yet. I just say I'm an aspiring director until I get my work get more work in, like my director. Will, directing my documentary he got a slew full of stuff that he could say oh i'm a director you know what i'm saying yeah. I, I don't even yeah. i can't even claim that yet so i just say i'm an aspiring director but i am a screenwriter and i am an actor and i am a professional boxer i am a father i used to, I used to 
think I was a deadbeat at one point, you know what I mean? Because it was beat down on my head so much, you know, but I was trying to beat that. I'm not a deadbeat. I'm a father that's trying to be in my kid's life, you know what I mean? So Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking Yo, man, you right now, just for the, they don't know, we're all over the, we're worldwide right now. Um, side note, just to everybody that's listening, you know, we got your boy David Dino Wills, world honorary WBC champion. Y'all need to go out there and get that when the bell rings. It's available on iTunes, Amazon.com. I, I, any other places that um that they could pick it up at? I, I believe it's on all video demand platforms. You can go on Vimeo on demand and get it there. iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else. It's not on Netflix yet iTunes okay. is we would prefer you to get it. But it will be it will be on um it will be on um uh Netflix hopefully sooner or later. Oh, okay. So about probably about another what, six months or so. Not probably not even that long. Hopefully less than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think about probably about three three months at the top. So we'll will probably depend on on, you know, the um the sales and everything. I mean, yeah, y'all, dude, that's why we pushing. That's why we pushing iTunes like crazy. So hopefully, you know, if, you know, if we get our numbers right, we can get on get on the uh, Netflix. Hopefully, get on Redbox. You know what I mean? I actually, I would like to get a theater release for, you know, uh, I hope to get it like in some, you know, small markets in the cities to see how it turn out there. But you know, I don't have no power with that. You know, the production team with something creative and Meta World Peace and and yeah. post game and the. Um, bare knuckle media they have power for all that one so well I'll be seeing like I say I've seen you on um, Spoke I, I see you on Twitter and then I know you got like a Facebook page as well um, um, I'm definitely going to be pushing it my way I, would, um, I don't know I would like to see you know maybe like on Periscope you may you know give you know give, give the fans a little bit of a taste of the movie or whatnot, you know, you catch you in your, you know, your your regular elements, you know. You know, I'm about to go watch this uh, when the when the bell rings. Y'all should be watching it too, you know. And, you know right. Hey, you'd be surprised, man. It'd be so like that that um app, and you know, I don't, I know, I'm like interjecting it into the uh, interview, but uh, that app right there is. You know, it's it's so crazy because I mean I draw naturally and I stopped drawing for a minute, like wow, I was not inspired to draw anything. And I just got on there and I just saw all these artists just drawing and setting up different um uh groups and stuff and I was like, Wow, I got all these different um people that do, do either do the same thing you do, you know. And I'm like, Okay, well um, this is a good tool right here. You know, and I, right. I've seen people with uh, inspirational scopes. They on there. I've seen people that took their scope to church. You know, right? I'm like, right. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's a good too. I, I, a lot of the actors too are starting to hop on. It. You know, I've, I've seen um, Jamie Foxx. He's been when it first came on, he was like, he was on there like heavy. Like he was taking us to movie premieres. Um, right. I think. You know, I think they were given um, in the green room. Yeah, yeah, he was doing his thing. Oh, we got a caller. Let's see what's up with this caller. He gonna 
speak up, speak up. Let's see what's good. Yo, caller, caller, two five four. Yo, that's Waco. So that's Jason Busey. Uh, how you doing, oh, Jason? Busey? Jason, what's uh, up, Jason? What's Jay up, what's up Dino? <laughs> Jay Butters is the is the originator of Win the Bell. He's the one. Jason Busey is the, I guess, the nucleus of getting when the bell rings off the ground, man. All right, all right. Smile. Let, let, let us know. Let us let, let us know. Let the world know what's going on. What is uh you know pretty much a uh, stance on the movie and everything, so everybody can uh, get a chance to check you out as well, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, Dino and I worked uh, together with uh, Brad, who made the movie. And uh, I mean, I remember long talks with Dino in the car. He's he's telling me about where he's at in life and his aspirations. And you know, Brad starts talking about making this movie. And you know, especially out in Hollywood, there's just just a bunch of talk, talk, talk. And yeah. Um, now I had faith in these guys because I, I listened to Dino and I could hear in his voice that he wanted it, and uh, so I, I keep up with him uh, as they moved to New Orleans and and saw cut after cut and I was was just I had the pleasure to see it in L.A. and and I just got to tell everybody that it is such a moving story, it's so well done, and everybody can get something out of it, and a lot of people can get a lot out of it. Oh, okay. Um, Hello? I hear feedback. It's the hardest beat documentary of all time. So <laughs> what? No, I was hearing some feedback. I didn't know. Oh, that was, that was you? I'm sorry. Dino? Yeah, I was like, somebody was telling me, this was the greatest, if not the greatest, best Adam, but I can't think of where that you uh, I'm sorry, brother. You breaking up? Uh, kind of low on that on that phone. I'm uh, back. Can you, hear you hear me now? Okay, yeah, I can hear you. He's out I, stretching, man. What he was doing, man? Getting one of them oh. protein shakes, man. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> like one of my associates said that uh, uh they, they never met me personally, but they said that they feel that this documentary is the best, is the greatest, if not the greatest. Documentary of all time. Oh, okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, man. That's, oh. that's what I, uh, that's what I'm saying. Is I mean, I, I wish them good luck, and I have faith in them, man. But I mean, they they blew me away. I mean, the way, I mean, the way Dino just stuck with it, and yeah. and, and both of them did. It's just it's just a really amazing feat, and and it, it it definitely inspires people. So I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of Dino. He deserves that honorary championship belt because yeah. he probably would have gotten it anyway if he, you know, didn't go through what he went through. But it's a very relatable story for everyone, and I, I just want to say that you know, salute to you, Dino. I'm very, very proud of your your accomplishments, and I'm very proud to know you. And, and uh, yeah, I just had to call in and, and and say that, and just say everybody go watch it because it's it's for real. Uh, thank you very much, Jason, man. Thank you very much, man. Got these yeah. kids right now, man. God, take it. That's the love that I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? That's some real 
um, real, real partnership, real love that you know we need. We need that in the community, though. You know, brothers that's actually, you know, taking the time to, you know, you know, come together, you know, and um, you know, and you inspire each other, you know. So, uh, you know, I commend you, you know, because like we would have not known about the brother, you know what I'm saying? Stepped up and, you know, and, and made a way. Like, yeah, I'm about to do this. Y'all not going to stop me. I'm going to get this. And, you know, and y'all going to feel me. Y'all going to feel me. So, I mean, when the bell rings, uh, a great title. And mm-hmm. we just heard it myself. One of the best documentaries out there. Sports documentaries out there. You know, this is brother that went through a lot. And then, you know, made it back. So, I mean, I commend you, man. I salute you straight 100%, man. We got another, um, a couple more questions. And then, you know what I'm saying? I know you got, like, busy or whatnot. And we're getting uh, down to the end of the show. But... Um, as far as this documentary yourself, uh, are you going to, this, this is not going to stop you from, um, pursuing any more documentaries about your life? Like, as far as, um, like a part two of, of, of this, uh, of When the Bell Rings? Well, the thing is, I wanted to do, like, once we stopped filming the documentary, I was kind of, like, bummed out because I had no cameras around me no more. I was, like, stuck in the house by myself, you know, you know what I mean? It was just like, I was just like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, Brad, the director of When the Bell Rings, he stated that if my son, Deshaun, if he owned boxing seriously and he go ahead and win him a belt, he's going to film that documentary to show me and his journey and me training him going on for a world title. Man. Now that world title, that means um who who uh who will you be going up against for that world title? Mm, I don't know. It's a it's a amateur it's a there there's a, a WBC holds holding an amateur boxing tournament, which is a world amateur title. So whoever okay. that he's gonna face, I know whoever he go into that with and with my teaching, he can go and he can walk through everybody because I know he listens. And that's one thing I can say that he he will listen and he will go through this, he will win whatever, you know. That's that's all I feel. I just know he will win with me at his uh, at his side. Oh, if and, and like he, he has all the talent. If, even if he doesn't choose me as a trainer as he get older, because you know usually fighters want to move on and move on and have somebody else. He still has yeah. a listening ability. He he just has all the intangibles to be a champ, a world champion, and hold the belt for a long time. And I'm not saying I mean, that because I'm his dad. I'm saying that because I just I see it in him. He has the talent. I mean, so you see uh, Mayweather and his pops, and regardless of what, if it wasn't for the pops, you know what I'm saying? I mean, even like like you said, I mean, everyone, when you hear your story, when they scale back and listen to the interview, you've been through a lot of different trials and tribulations to where I think the average person would have gave up a long time ago. But I mean... You you uh you, you prevail through that, and um like I said, I commend you on that one straight up. You know, and, and, you know, just being a brother from the inner city, going you you went through 
regular stuff that we all go through. That you know, you know, as far as black males, you know, it's, it's it it is a hard thing out there. But I mean, it's good to know that. Okay, look, this is a cat that, you know, he he, he was successful. He went through this, you know. Then you know, you know he went through trials, you know, with the family. He went through the with the uh, with the relationships with the parent, with you know, with his wife and his kids. I mean, his kids and his, you know, the baby mamas. I don't like to use that term as much, but. Uh, right, 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 right. You know, you all know, three of the baby yeah. mamas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, but going through that and then still have you know still have um um obstacles that you you dealing with you know on an everyday basis. I mean, we talked earlier about you know. Uh, with your daughter and your other uh, kids and whatnot, you know, just the challenges of being the father figure that they, you know, you know, like to look up to, you know, that right there, man, that right there is, it's like, they don't even got no books for that, really. You know, it's like, it's a learning process as it go along. Um, your biggest challenge, what was the biggest challenge? Was it in the ring or out the ring for you as far as your career and all? I had I had bigger challenge inside and outside the ring. My biggest challenge outside the ring was just getting his weight off and wondering if I can make to fight as a professional because I, I plateaued at 190. I was stuck at 190, and I didn't want to fight at cruiserweight because I was like, man, I'm short to be a cruiserweight. You know what I mean? Because I'm five nine. You know what I mean? Five nine and a half actually. Going on almost five ten. And I say I'll be a short cruiserweight at one ninety fighting these big six foot dudes. You know what I mean? I mean I can fight on the inside. I like fighting on the inside, but I had to stay inside their jag because most tall dudes got long arms. So you know what I mean? I had to fight inside a lot. I like fighting outside and inside. I can do both. I can fight outside. I can fight inside. But my confidence level at that time at 190 wasn't there. So I was like, nah, I need to get to 175 or 168. But Chase, my strength coach, helped me out with that and changed my regimen up where I broke that plateau. And I got from 190 to 175, actually 174.5, which was cool. I hadn't seen that way since the 90s, you know what I mean? Because I always lived in the 200, the high 200, most of my adult life. You know, my grown, like, in my 30s. You know what I mean? So that was just a blessing in itself just to get to that. That was that challenge. Inside the ring was just getting past this jab, you know, learning how to throw this jab the correct way and mastering it without getting clocked over the top. And and Marcus McDaniel was another challenge. He's the Louisiana middleweight champion. Him as a sparring partner, he was a challenge as well. And mm-hmm. I still want to spot him to show him that, hey, you young and everything, but I got you. <laughs> <laughs> then you think you can knock him out? I ain't going to say I can knock. Uh, I won't say I can knock him out, but, you know, anybody can get knocked out. You know, I probably – I was known for it back in the days, and if I can yeah, muster yeah. my weight up and do it right, yeah, I could probably – I probably can knock him out. But I'm not looking for it. If you're looking for it, you're going to end up getting yourself knocked out. So – Pretty much, you just let it let it come, let it come to you, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty much all my knockouts as an amateur came by the ref stopping the fights. I call those are still counted as knockouts actually when the ref just stopped the fight. Cause I think out of the thirty something knockouts I had, I think twenty of them the ref stopped the fight because I was beating it behind so bad. You know what I mean? 
the ref, you know, the ref is like, nah, we, y'all can't take no, he can't, they can't take no more. You know what I mean? I used to tear they behind up, man. <laughs> well, sure, man. I mean, now you got, now you back in it. So, I mean, um, the, you know, I would believe that a boxer has a, a certain technique, you know, that he may use all the time or time to time. Is it a special technique that you use, or you just, or you care not to reveal that on, on air or whatnot? <laughs> no, basically what I what I do is um, I, I'm more I'm a think like my old trainer said. You're a thinker. You think too much. You know, thinking is great. You know, thinking is great. But I, I'm a, my process. See, I, I used to sleep boxing. I studied boxing. I watched boxing. I used to do it a lot when I was young. When I was 19, 20 years old, so all I did was just watch Sugar Ray Robinson. I used to watch Sugar Ray Leonard. I used to watch Pepe. All of them. I used to watch all those fighters back in the day. Chavez, all those. You know, and I take bits and pieces of them and try to work it in my own game plan. So when I'm in a ring with you, you know, usually the first round, I'm feeling you out. Or you feeling me out. We feeling each other out. If you're not the type that's like to feel nobody out, I'm feeling you out. By the time the third round comes, I'm already halfway. Mm-hmm. I'm in your head and I'm destroying you already. So by the time the fourth, like, now as a pro, there's only three rounds in the amateur. So the, by the time the third round come around as an amateur, you already been defeated already or the fight has been stopped. But as a professional, you know, if I'm like a fight in the four, six, eight, ten round fight, before we get to the halfway point, you're already destroyed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you already figured out and destroyed already because that's just my, my skills. You know, not to give too much out, but, you know, I just like to play with the person's mind, make them think one thing and just another, you know what I'm saying? Good, good. Yo, we, the lines are blowing up, man. We're going to get to this caller, man. Um, uh, uh, 334, calling First Fan Radio, man. You on the uh, Evergino Wells. It's good. Yes, this is Rhonda Thomas from Eufaula, Alabama. How you doing? And I, and I was calling because Dino was supposed to be on tonight. Yes, I'm here. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, how you doing, Dino? All right. That's good. Rhonda Hamilton. And they had to listen Rhonda? when I said Thomas. Yeah, long time no here. I know <laughs> how's everything going. It's doing good when the bell rings. It's um just living the life, enjoying being on this radio show here by this good brother. You know, showing the world, you know, that brothers can you know, overcome the adversities and make it in life, especially the adversities I've been through. You know, you've been you know, we went to high school together, so you know you know how it was living in Eufaula, you know what I mean, coming up through all that and and just living life, you know. Yeah, well awesome. that's good. We're we're excited to to see that you're doing well and, and we're gonna be following you and we're we're ready for when the bell rings. Hey, get it on iTunes right now. It's available on iTunes. Okay. Okay, well I'm gonna go and um, pick it up so I can see it, so I can, you know, kind of get around and, and show some of the kids. But I know that, you know, it's something else out there. Thank you very much. Okay. All Thank right. You. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, Rhonda. Yeah. When the bell wow. rings, that's awesome, my dear. Yeah, that I lived in Eufaula. Yeah, I lived in Eufaula when I was a, in my early teens. <laughs> Okay, okay. See, that's crazy. I wrote that in the description. And when we get somebody from that town to call up, that's beautiful. When somebody from the town call up, that's beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Man, uh, so uh, you know, we down to you know under the twenty mark. Uh, I got two more questions. In real okay. Um, is there anything you would like to let your fans know? And where can your fans reach you? Well, as you know right now, I never. Well, it, this journey hasn't been easy. I had I had my back against the wall. I, I weathered the storms. I'm still going through storms, but you know I had the pleasure to be the father to my boys that my father wasn't to me. So basically, I'm just keep pushing forward, and my mission is to is to to leave a legacy for them, and especially my daughter, and my grandkids. <laughs> and uh, as for uh, what's the second question? Um, where could the fans reach you? You know, as far as oh. social media, uh, give me you touch you touch you touch you touch up. Now. W W. Just catch all my URLs. It's all simple. You just lay lay it all in one. www. com slash Dina Wells, and all my URLs are right there on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I don't think Periscope is on there. I think I put Periscope on it, but it's a video that's not there anymore. So if you click on it, it says video not available. So it's kind of messed up. Yeah. But because um, you know they do that 24-hour thing. Yeah, so, yeah, um, they do. So, but yeah, but you know, catch me on www.itsmyurls.com/slash/dinawells. All my URLs are right there. Or if you don't want to do that, just Google me, Dino Wells. I'm at Dino Wells on Twitter, Dino underscore Wells on Instagram. Instagram, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna ask you, did you have an Instagram um, page or whatnot? So, ah, man, that's awesome. Oh uh, man, I, we thank you, man, for calling, man, coming through, and letting the world know. You know, I man, pre- this, I appreciate you oh, having me on, man. Yo, man, you came to First Fan Radio. This is. This is epic to me, cause I mean we, like I say we we, me myself I try to, you know I try to scale different um type of people that I do want to bring on the show, and like I was saying earlier you know people that's gonna bring I wanna, some inspiration to the fans man to the people. Right, I want to thank Denny Live for that too, man. Denny Live is you know I want to give big props, big thanks for him for even. You know, plugging us two together too, as well. You know what I mean? And all the love he pushed out, pushing the iTunes on his Periscope. So I want to give a big thanks, thank you, and much love to you and Benny Live as well. That's beautiful, man. Hey, uh, can I get a drop, man? A first fan drop. Let everybody know who we on air with. You know, you rocking with First Fan Radio. Hey, yes, indeed. Oh, hey, this is Dina Wells rocking with First Fan Radio. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, man. Uh, we got uh, we getting into the end of the show, man. I'd uh, like to thank you for coming on. I make sure everybody get out there, stop playing. I'm, I need to support this brother. You know, I had a uh, I enjoyed my time talking to him. You know, he, he he took the time out of his day to get on air and let everybody know what's going on and how you can go through struggles and make it back. You know, you can make it back by the grace of God, you know, having having that faith in, in, in going forward. So, man, brother, I, I commend you, and and I uh, can't wait to see this new uh, this uh, new match you got coming up, man, definitely. See so you knock somebody yeah. out. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. I'm gonna keep you attuned with that too, Ashley, because I'm I'm just waiting on approval with the WBC if I can get on this uh this challenger show, or if not, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I heard that the contender they they might be coming back with the contender, so hopefully I can get on one of those shows. And if not, hopefully I just get this fight that I want next year because whoever getting in the ring with me is gonna feel everything. <laughs> Woo! Heard that. Y'all heard it here, man. Yo, thank y'all for tuning in, man. Make sure y'all check us out. www.firstfamradio.com. Make sure you check out the boy Dino Dino Wills. World Honorary. Honorary. I got to get it right, y'all. Honorary WBC Champion. Go get that Win the Bell Rings. It's on iTunes, Amazon. It's, it's for the love. So, all y'all out here. I know y'all, like, I always tell them this. <laughs> I always tell them, I said, if y'all boys can go out there and buy you a fifth of Henny, or buy you whatever you, whatever you smoking or whatever, I know you can go and go support this brother and go get that when the bell rings. Hey, my Love son want to say something. My son right here, he said, hold on a second, say it right here, say something. Thank you, First Time Radio. You heard him? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, bro. Man, appreciate y'all. Y'all, you better keep coming on um, coming on the air with the Periscope because y'all be making me laugh, man. Like I said, I almost had a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, talking about my son's breakfast. So, yeah, it was funny, man. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was hilarious. Yo, uh, I got my DJ. He uh, calling all the way from um, Mount Vernon. New York. See, when, see, I know you usually have a question or whatnot. Yo, Chuck Master, are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. What's up, Chuck? You got a question for Dino, man? Yeah, yeah. All right, let me, let me dig in my archive. You know what I'm saying? I, I was drinking a little bit, so let me let me think right quick. All right, we got 10. We got 10 minutes, man. All right, 10 minutes. Okay. You know. Alright. Who's up there? I didn't hear I didn't hear the question. Who game and your weight class that you feel you could take, that you could walk. Right now, you know, as I say I'm I light heavyweight, so I would like to fight Adonis Stevenson actually. You know what I mean? If I at one seventy five I will fight Adonis Stevenson. I think I can give him a good run for his money. You know what I mean? I mean, he's powerful, but yeah. I think I can give him a run for his money. If I go down to 168 at super middleweight, and if Cotto, I can fight Cotto. I can do that if you fight at 168. You know what, what I'm saying? What I, anybody in the... You'll fight the Russian uh, okay. Triple G? Um, yeah. yeah, I'll fight him. I mean, he has power, but he's a man like me. He put his pants on like I do, but I, I can fight him. I can fight Canelo as well. You know what I mean? But on that level... I had to build my way up to them. They just don't even go to give me a fight, you know what I'm saying, because I'm new to the game, although I'm old in the game, but I'm yeah. new coming back in the game. But I can feel I can give Triple G, Canelo, uh, Adonis Stevenson, I can give those guys a good run for their money. Ooh. Yeah, you Y'all heard about that. politics, promoters, and all that. Yeah. Well, yo, you heard, what, you heard what the brother Dino said, man. So anybody that's part of those camps that he just 
said out. Y'all need to get with the brother, man. I know you need to work it. I know you say you say you need to work yourself, work yourself up to that point. But at least for them to put it on their mind that yo, this brother will be coming for y'all. You know, I think that's gonna be that would be that Kodo one. I think that'd be good too. I definitely. Yeah, I would love it. Kodo. Is, that would be a dream fight to me actually. Actually, just fight him because I like him, man. I know Canelo yeah. gave him a good one, but that I, I, yeah. actually I wanted Kodo to win that one. But you know what I'm saying? That was. It, I mean, I can give him a good run for his money too. That's what's up. Well, we we, we uh we down to eight minutes of the show, man. I don't want to get nobody. My son to talk to y'all. I'm with Ashley. My son is trying to talk to me. What's up? All right, cool. Thank you for everything, little. Oh man, thanks, man. It's the other one. It's the other son. What's the name? Yes. Deshaun. What's your name, man? Deshaun. Deshaun. Yo, man, yes. shout out. That's what's up. Shout out First Fan Radio, man, for the world of here. Huh? I said, can you, uh, can you shout out First Fan Radio for the world of here? I think I had a shout out, but. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, well, I want to give out the First Fan shout out. Give a shout out. <laughs> give a shout out to First Fan Radio. I can't even say that right. <laughs> First Fan Radio. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You got to kiss her. Yeah, you. Yeah, he said one of them, man. Is, you know, inspired man to get up on there, man. So, okay, that's the next generation. That, that is that the one we 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 fight in the future. Are we listening to the future boxer? Yep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No doubt, no doubt. So, uh, we gonna, we gonna, gonna be around. For what happened? Pardon? They get lunch my, money. <laughs> my my dad's gonna train me. Oh, that's what's yeah, up. Yeah, that's gonna be good. Yeah, you're going to be knocking fools out. Right. How old are you now? 14. 14? Oh, 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 you grown. Oh, you grown. Yeah, yeah, you ready to knock them out. Knock them out. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, uh, thank you for uh, coming on, man. Thank you for supporting your, your your father, of course. And we thank you, David, man, Dino, for coming on the show. And I, I, like, I can't say this enough. When the bell rings... When the bell rings, y'all go out there and get that. That's on iTunes right now. He he premiered it last night at midnight on the East Coast. Then if I, I think I missed that one, but I think he came on again for the West Coast. So it is it's in the stores is available when the bell rings. Yes, indeed. Thank, you Thank you very much. Thank you very much, man. So yeah, man, I thank you, man, and I uh, appreciate you, man. I'm, you know, we definitely following each other, man. Um, um, I gotta uh, check it, check it out fully, and um, we gonna, we gonna um, converse back and forth, man. I'm gonna hit you back. I'm, I'm gonna be following you, man. See what's good, man. I appreciate that, definitely. So I thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. You, man, you gonna have a good night, man. Good day with your, your fam and everything, man. And shoot. Uh, one more time, if you can, just say your uh, your your links up before you, before you get off. You go to www.itsmyurls.com slash Dino Wells, or you can go to Instagram as Dino underscore Wells, Twitter at Dino Wells, or just Google me, Dino Wells. I'm all over the internet right now, especially when the bell rings. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, y'all, man. Love and peace, everybody. Thank y'all for listening, tuning in.
Make sure y'all check us out, man, this Friday for West Side Fridays. We're going to have your boy Cadillac Cass on. And, uh, you know, we're going to let y'all know those ups and downs and stuff in the music career. It's your boy, Illustrator, man. Y'all know what it is. Mr. A.K. Slap Your Favorite Rapper, A.K. Ill Reaper. Go check out our www.firstfamradio.com. And go get that app from the app store. Alrighty? Peace, y'all. Much love. Shit. Yeah. Make uh, room, God. Uh, yep. Pardon yeah. me. Peace, uh, King. Pardon me, God. You gon' grow. Huh? If you always on your block, how the fuck you gon' blow? If I aim this nine at you, where the fuck you gon' go? <laughs> Up close, one shot at testing store show. Yeah. D block coming through, tell him make a hoe. Coming through ten bottles, fireworks, tell him make it glow. My strip club, ten large, laying on the floor. Yeah. Dice game, fifty large, laying on the floor. Woo. Fuck around, everything you eat through a straw. Stupid nigga, never pillow talk with a hoe. Huh? My best before any clothing line out the door. Okay. Then I do the loot. Then I do that Gucci Take your bitch Instagram eating out a coochie Jump out that coop Army fatigue Since the Benjamins I've been out your league Trying to cop those hey. Colossal size Picasso Whoa. When you see me in the spot Make room, make room When you see me coming through My roadie, my nigga Doc, together we run the street. I'm hungry, we gon' eat like a buffet. And when the food digest, blah, who come to gunplay? You looking like a bitch right now, up on the runway. You praying with your knees on ground like a Sunday. Amen. God bless ya. And my lens for stretches. All this shit just be happening when I apply pressure. Touch him in his crib while he laying on the sofa. Hit him in his Maybach, lay him on the sofa. Too late, homie, to reach for your toaster. Lighting up, motherfucker, Sam Sosa. Uh, yeah, I do this, man, cause I'm supposed to. Stop rimming around, boy, because I'm dope. Since Bishop is gone, the energy's useless. You ain't seen nobody since E. This ruthless. Nah. When you see me in the spot, make room, make room. The million D's coming through, make room, make room. Let them shits come through, make room, make room. Cause my niggas right there, make room, make room. Yeah, here we come, yo. Grab a bottle of liquor My condo got a concierge But I'm a project nigga Made some change But ain't change I lane change in a Jeep With the doors off And the Air Max Dangling near the street Yeah 38 laying under the seat Them shell cases come with me With them bullets Y'all niggas keep Yeah I hear niggas saying they play for keys. Well, see, I ain't playing at all if I wasn't playing these beats. Oh. Homie, I be playing that block. You play around and get shot. But come kidding, playing them partner. Be dancing until you drop. Yeah, I ain't worried about nothing. Nah. Nigga, I ain't worried about nothing. Nah. Keep a stable full of them horses, so I'm never worried about nothing. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> and I ride around with them goons that I fire rounds at buffoons. Out of machines that I make with you fire sound like balloons popping. Let's get it popping. I'm in that mood. Get the fireworks sparkling and make room. When you see me in the spot, make room. Make room, 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 make room,